All right, it's Tuesday, May 3rd, and tonight's podcast is the NFL Draft Offseason Wrap-Up Show. Guys, we are back for a NFL podcast, the very first NFL podcast of 2016. Um, we are fresh in from the cold, from the very, very cold draft town it was in Chicago cold. on yeah. Saturday. Uh, I'm joined, as always, with uh, on the podcast with Dave Biggs. But Dave, uh, we have a couple of guests tonight. The first time we've had four people. We have Sean, our rookie expert, joining us tonight, of course, because we just had the draft. Sean, thanks for being here. Not a problem. And Graham, our Florida buddy, is uh, up in town. He came up for the draft. He came up for Bacon Fest. So uh, thank you for joining us, Graham. You're, you're very welcome. And happy birthday me. to this guy. Happy, happy birthday happy yesterday. Happy birthday, Graham. Oh, thank happy you. Happy birthday, Graham. So let's lift our craft beers up. Uh, cheers, Cheers. Buddy. Thank Dave, you. Dave, not a craft beer. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> oh. Dave lies. I'm giving you the opening here. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to put the Miller Lite down real soon. Oh. Yeah, Dave. That's what you're drinking. Graham, what is it that you've got over there? That looks interesting. Uh, it's my first time ever having it. It's a Ballast Point Brewing Company, uh, Pineapple Sculpin. The Pineapple Sculpin? Sculpin. It's a, it's that a Pineapple too. IPA, right? Uh, yeah, it's an IPA with uh, pineapple flavoring. It's Fantastic. Very... I had some of that at Bacon Fest, actually. As did I. It's it was very good. Um, I've got the Founders All Day IPA. Um, we've got a collection of other beers over here, too. Uh, Sean, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada Beer Camp Tropical IPA. How is that? I almost picked one up today. Okay. It is delicious. I can't wait to try one. And Dave, what do you have over there that's not Miller Lite? Uh, It's a new Belgium Ranger. We've enjoyed uh, the new Belgium variety packs many, many times, and the Ranger is a great IPA. Um, New Belgium is, you know, it's not one of those uh, super uh, amazing, like, unique, subtle craft beer places that you haven't heard of. It's one of the ones that started it all, really, right, with the fat tires and everything. Yeah. But regardless of that, it's still a delicious beer. And I think the Ranger was not one of their originals. It's one they came out with later. You correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think Fat Tire is probably the the original beer, the one that they're famous for. Um, but hey, it was a gateway drink. You know for us. A lot we're of a, we're IPA fans here at the house at the on the podcast. So we're going to drink the Ranger. We literally have four different IPAs between us. Going right now. Plus there's uh, a Bomber that's a white IPA to be opened later. There's, I think, probably an Antihero. There's always an Antihero in almost every episode. They they sneak them in there. Yeah, we just always have the cans around. All right, guys. So the 2016 NFL offseason is fully underway. Uh, Being in a Dynasty League, we're all in the same Dynasty League. We know that um, our draft is coming up soon, probably within the next month if the commissioner ever gets around to scheduling it. I mean, come on. Oh, come on. So We have um, all summer. <laughs> well, we like to do the draft early, make it a little bit harder. Um, but most of the fantasy drafts will be a couple months away. Uh, so in just about three months, August 7th, it's the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, Green Bay versus Indianapolis. Um, so there's been a lot of free agent moves this year. We're going to talk about uh, free agents that are on new teams, not really the guys who re-signed so much uh, because their uh, roles aren't going to change very much on their teams. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, some of the rookies and uh, what their roles could potentially be this year in terms of fantasy. Um, so, as is tradition, we're going to have to bet on something during the podcast. So, uh, like we had done during uh, episodes, it, 
maybe the second half of last year. Uh, we'll just have a whole bunch of categories, and we'll ask questions, and then the person who gets the most of them right uh, will win. So uh, Graham and I discussed a few things that we could be wagering on. Um, one of the thoughts was possibly a round of beers at the next Bacon Fest. Um, or, since we're all in the same Dynasty League, uh, we could change each other's team name. Um, or we could, you know, mess around with a few draft picks if we really wanted to get ballsy. I mean, if, if we're talking about a round of beer at Bacon Fest, I mean, are we just exchanging drinks? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think we even need the drink food. tickets. Here's a dozen really tickets. Don't. Whenever we are, you know, around Bacon Fest, before or after hanging out, that sort of thing. Yeah, I definitely don't think we should be involving uh, our own draft picks in our dynasty. Well, <laughs> it would be like sixth round and... Sixth round draft pick? You don't want to put that up for Rearrange our order based on how we finish for this. That's well, <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's wager um, the team name getting re- getting changed. So, how about um, the, uh, the person who loses the bet uh, gets their team name changed three times in a row? Three weeks in a row? First three weeks. First three weeks of the season. None of us finished last, right? Because that's already happening. What's the opposite of last? Well, this will be 2017. (laughs) This will have to be for the 2017 season. Well, then you can't do the first uh, first six weeks because that might already be uh, somebody. If it if it is taken, if uh, the person loses, then that takes precedent. That would that would literally mean that all four of us would have to be in the the playoffs in in like the championship. What do you mean? Well, in, in, in the conference championships. I mean, I'd be open to something simpler, like, rather than getting involved in the team names and stuff, just whoever comes in fourth out of the four of us buys a bomber for whoever comes in first. Okay, well, that's certainly possible. So uh, are we going to be betting on this right now or a little bit, little bit later? Uh, the bets will come up as we finish each, each position on the, uh, on the free agents. So we'll, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. We can finalize it at the end of... Uh, the at the end of when we when we're done going over with the free agents sounds so, good so what's what's on deck man so we're gonna have a drinking game tonight uh, if anybody has any rules that they want to contribute let us know but uh, whenever we ask ask Sean where he went where someone went to college you got you got a drink kind of like putting a deposit down right uh, whenever you make a Game of Thrones reference you have to drink and if you don't say a coach's full name you have to drink Bella Magulis all right drink five Dave okay then. <laughs> so we got the rules. Okay, so uh, on to the quarterbacks. The big quarterback signing of this year was Brock Osweiler, obviously. He is now in Houston. He had a massive contract. Four years, $72 million. Um, he's definitely going to be the starter at least this year, probably uh, give him two years there at least with that kind of contract. That's kind of like a regular contract now, isn't it? It's a regular for like a top half starting quarterback. Yeah. Like, that's what you expect them to get paid. I just feel like the, the, the quarterback salary has gone up so dramatically in the past 20 years that, like, now if anybody even looks like they might be good, they're getting $60 million, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're not making $20 million a year, you're basically replacement level. Yeah, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> Are you yeah, Sam Bradford all I over the time? I suppose Osweiler will be just below that then. He'll be just under... I think he's getting 18 a year or something like that. You're right, though. As far as free agents, like that's the hugest thing that happened uh, that's not on the defensive end of the ball, I think, right? Um, yeah. For quarterbacks. I mean, it's certainly for quarterbacks, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you can make arguments that there's bigger offensive signings that happen, but not at the quarterback position. So what, I mean, what do you think about Osweiler? Do you think he's going to 
turn into uh, a franchise quarterback for the Texans? You know, they picked up Lamar Miller. That's a nice signing. We'll talk about that in a minute. I like the fact that he's already got DeAndre Hopkins. They drafted a wide receiver as well. So I think that he's got a lot of weapons. Um, I'm not sold on Brock Osweiler himself, but they're giving him a very good opportunity. So if he fails, it's going to be all his fault. Okay. That's for sure. Well, I agree with that. If you fail, it's your fault. <laughs> well, I think uh, he's probably going to be mid to low quarterback too. Okay, you know, going into the season, we'll see what happens. He has the potential to reach that QB one stage, but it ain't happening right away. That'll be something he grows into. I don't think he even has the potential to get to that level. I think he is he is extremely overpaid. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, right. but I mean, just to, just give you a quick rundown of what he did last year when he played for Denver. He was 25th in quarterback rating among qualified starters, 21st in yards per game, 22nd in completion percentage, Brock. and 23rd in yards per attempt. He had he played in eight games. He started seven of them. He scored he threw 10 touchdown passes in seven starts. That's not good. <laughs> no. And, he, and it's okay. So you mentioned all the weapons he's got this year, and he does have some good weapons. But he has one really proven wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Last year he had two: Demarius and Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say that Lamar Miller is that big an upgrade over C.J. Anderson at running back. And Houston signed a lot of wide receivers in the draft. I'm sure that we'll talk about them. But they're still, you know, rookies and Jalen Strong, who may or may not turn into something. So they're certainly not proven commodities. Yeah. I mean, he's I got mean, all the help that he's going to need. Cecil Shorts is there. He's kind of proven. I like Cecil Shorts. <laughs> oh, yeah. we That's an auto. That's an always drink. Way to work that in. Where did he go to school there? Uh, I believe Mount Union. Mountain Union, interesting. I almost I want to look that to, up because I actually would have to look obscure. it up. So I'm not 100 percent sure. So um, uh, the next guy who made a kind of a big move was RG3. He finally went. Uh, you you are right on the Mountain Union, by the way. Uh, RG3 signed with Cleveland, a two year contract worth 15 million dollars, up to uh, 22 million. Of course, uh, these guys who really need to prove themselves are going to be given contracts mm-hmm. that have a lot of incentives to you know. But they only pay out when they do well. Um, so he is still probably, you know, I assume going to be competing against McCown uh, for a starting job. He, you know, they could maybe say at the beginning of the year, uh, give a little lip service to Cody Kessler, just say that he's a part of the co- the competition. Although I really doubt it would be the case in the first uh, in his first year, unless both Griffin and McCown are just terrible. Um, so this team sucks. Let's be honest. The Cleveland Browns, uh, the receiving core is bad. They did draft a bunch of wide receivers, but that's all they've got. They're guys who haven't, you know, you know, all they've added are people who haven't played in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know who even wants to be the quarterback in Cleveland. I doubt that either of these guys really want to do it. As a Steelers fan, I'm really excited about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> <laughs> a Steelers fan would say that. Well... <laughs> uh, well, RG3 is a bum, and he's going to a bum town. So, uh, the two t- two bums make a right? I don't know. Two bums make a right. <laughs> Very good. Is one of them bum Phillips? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I'd love to talk up RG3, and at the end of this conversation, everyone uh, really is sold on RG3, but I don't see that happening, and I'm going to get stuck with him in the Dynasty League again. Well, we know, we know he did good stuff. He, he's obviously... Uh, was one of the best fantasy uh, commodities to have on your team for one year. Um, but whether or not he can do that again, I think he's gone through injuries, gone through psychological problems. 
Uh, that that would be a miracle at this point, probably. But yeah. I mean, it's not to say it couldn't happen. It's just you know you would need basically like uh, some kind of inanimate statue to start crying tears of <laughs> peanut butter. I'm actually going to disagree with the rest of you guys on, on the for the Cleveland Browns this year. I think they win at least seven games. I think they're a better team you guys are giving them credit for. I really believe in Hugh Jackson and what he's going to do for that offense, and I really do think that they've upgraded their offensive skill positions a lot. And Gary Barnage. I mean, Barnage is, I mean, he was a replacement-level <laughs> tight end, and out of nowhere last year he was a huge playmaker. Mm-hmm. But I think RG3 has more in the tank, and if he doesn't, I actually think Hugh Jackson really believes in Cody Kessler. I mean, he drafted him way ahead of where anyone else thought he would go. I think they took him there because they really did like him. I don't think he's just giving him lip service to say he could compete for the starting job. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Corey Coleman's going to be a huge addition, and they added enough receivers that somebody else is bound to step up alongside him. I think they're going to, to be a lot more a lot more dangerous than people are going to give them credit for until the season starts. Well, they've now got to play the Steelers, who drafted a bunch of uh, young cornerbacks so they, they both drafted against each other this year I don't think the Steelers were drafting to defend against Cleveland <laughs> <laughs> they're not targeting against Cleveland but but like like uh, you know like Sean said I mean Cleveland has drastically uh, basically redone all of their uh, you know management and and the whole operation and try to turn themselves around so uh, I, I shouldn't say that they're just gonna suddenly flop or something we don't we don't know that and they they did get a lot of good talent so um, I, I just have to say they're they're starting from uh, from a spot in which I don't have a whole lot of uh, um, what's the word here? I don't have confidence. a whole yeah, I, don't, I don't have a lot of confidence <laughs> exactly. No, and anytime a team does something really different from what the rest of the league is used to, people expect them to fall flat on their face. And I think what they're doing is actually going to work in Cleveland. Okay, well, it's always good to have dissenting opinions. All right, uh, so Sam Bradford. Resigned with Philly. I know we said we wouldn't cover that, but it's kind of an interesting situation uh, where he signed a two-year, $36 million contract. Big contract, the same money that Brock Osweiler got, only for half the amount of time. Kind of indicates that they would want him to be the starter, but then, after they resigned him, the Eagles traded up and got the second pick in the draft. They drafted a quarterback that we will talk about in a few minutes. Carson um, Wentz. Yeah. Yes, Carson Wentz from North Dakota State. Or yes, just North Dakota? North Dakota State. North Dakota it. State. All right. Um, is it the home of Jonathan Taves? Honestly, I have no idea. I know he went to North Dakota something. Uh, so I'll drink half a drink for that one. Anyways, um, Bradford has been pouting ever since you know the trade, ever since they, it was obvious that they are going to draft a quarterback. He is not showing up for team, organ, like, team things, team events. Uh, there has been whispers, and you know they've outright said that he's going to lose his starting job if he continues doing this. Well, he's going to lose a starting job anyway. Right. But he, he's not even going to be given a chance to start now. And it's of course, like, of course he will. They, they're paying him $36 million. So I mean, do you think that he'll start uh, like some of the time this year? Well, I'm interested to see what Sean's opinion is, but I must uh, just add that you know you have a guy who, who came in as the incumbent starter. He got paid like uh, low sort of starter money. And so he is the starter, unless proven otherwise. A lot of teams want to take one of those rookie quarterbacks and put him in, you know, the background and and let him go through a lot of drills and you know a lot of first team stuff and maybe put him in some game time situations once in a while uh, before they actually put him out there. But I think everybody in the league now, the teams in the league now are saying Sam Bradford, based on what we've seen on the tape from him after all those injuries, is not a guy that we want to head our team. 
the Eagles just they didn't have uh, any other options, so they had to sign him and secure him. Otherwise, they'd end up uh, in, a, in a weird place like the Jets um, or the Browns or, or you know those those other teams like that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to look at it. So, I mean, my opinion when it comes to Bradford is this: um, I think that I mean he's getting a, he's getting basically beat, taking a beating in the media uh, by not wanting to show up and not not going to camp. I think a big part is that he's never had to compete for a starting job in the NFL. I mean, he was drafted first overall by the Rams. He was expected to be their future quarterback. Yeah, he yeah he's always huge, had it uh, handed to him. Yeah. You know, and then he had, comes back off the injuries. The Eagles trade for him to be their starting quarterback. Um, and now this is the first time he's really had any real competition. But I can understand why he's frustrated. I mean, he's told by the team. I'm sure he was told when he's resigning, we want you to be our starter. Uh-huh. Here. Yeah, exactly. And then a week later, a couple <laughs> weeks later, they're trading to draft their future quarterback. I mean, he's basically been re-signed to be a lame duck quarterback for one year until Wentz is ready. Um, I think, I mean, I think Wentz is farther away from being ready than we think he is. And if it's not Bradford, the starter would be Chase Daniel and not Wentz this season. I don't think the Eagles want that to happen. I think they want Bradford to start, and that's why the GM has basically said he's our quarterback. We're not going to trade him. He's going to be here and play. If they really want him to show up, start finding him for missing the off-season team activities. You know, that's the only way to really force him to show up. And that's what I think. I think we'll see Bradford, and you know, once it will come in, maybe. Uh, but but really, they they want to put him in the in the in the back and in, in the wings and and sort of uh, uh, you know bring him up the right way. And what's funny in the NFL lately, right, is you have a lot of these quarterbacks that they always say when they draft them, we're gonna have him in the background. We're going to have him for a long time, uh, and we're going to really have him learn from the starters and the veterans. Yeah, that And then they end up coming sometimes. in like three three weeks later and <laughs> becoming the starter. <laughs> so we've got this instant gratification sort of society bleeding into the NFL. But. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's more societal thing. I mean, you look at 20 years ago, coaches weren't looking – coaches and GMs weren't looking at basically you have a three-year window to prove you know what you're doing. Right, yeah. I mean, they were given time to build up the team and get the team where they wanted it, and you don't have that now. Yeah, so. really different situation. So now it's like we need to win now, so throw the guy to the, to the Wolves, you know, and more, off, more often than not because this is the guy who's going to lead our franchise. We've got to get him in there right away. So do you think because of that we won't see guys who are brought up like Aaron Rodgers who sat behind someone for like four years? Oh, no, no, that, five that's, that's fine. You can certainly yeah. see that happen if the quarterback is successful. Uh, but so the, if someone's sitting behind Tom Brady, it, it would work? It's yeah. got to be a really stable organization with a really stable coaching situation like New England. Or like, you know, say Kansas City, where Andy Reid seems pretty entrenched. Or Denver, where John Elway doesn't seem like he's going anywhere as the GM. Places like that, you can make that work. But in cities like Cleveland and like Philly and, you know, where there's turnover all the time, you can't. You really can't do it. Yeah, Tony yeah. Tony Romo and, like, the Cowboys haven't really drafted a, uh, you know, a guy to come after him. The Roethlisberger and the Steelers haven't really drafted a guy to come after him. So... Uh, there are a lot of teams where they, they do have those really long, entrenched quarterbacks and, and coaches. Right. Well, you look at those guys, though. Roethlisberger's probably got four or five more years at least left, so you have a couple more years where you have to draft someone to eventually replace him. Right, and Brady thinks he's going to play until he's 50, so... So, yeah, I mean, you have Garoppolo, but you need him yet? <laughs> well, you're going to need him for the first four weeks. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, Man said... I did, it, I did it again. Mark Sanchez... Matt Sanchez. Ne- I like this guy. He's now... <laughs> <laughs> on Denver, he was traded from the Eagles for a conditional seventh round 2017 pick. Um, so he was traded over there, and the Broncos uh, drafted a quarterback at the end of the first round Sanchez. of this year. So despite all this, it does seem like Sanchez 
is the front runner to be a starter this year. Uh, I don't think that uh, the quarterback they drafted, Paxton Lynch, Paxton Lynch, is going to be you know a day one starter at all. Sean loves Paxton though, don't you? Like as as far as like uh, his talent and when it develops. I I definitely like what he can become, but I agree with Jason that he's not going to start day one. Yeah. I think Sanchez is definitely in line to start to open the season. Yep. So Sanchez has a good wide receiving core. They have a good running game. The defense is amazing. I think that puts him in the upper QB two discussion. Do you guys agree? Well, I mean, he had he had years. Well, not years, but when he got traded to uh, the Eagles, he had a couple of weeks. For example, when he was the starter there, where he put up really good numbers. Yeah. And Sanchez's problem is that he's going to have really bad weeks too. But if you have those really, uh, if you have those really uh, talented wide receivers on the team and a good offensive play calling uh, scheme, then he's going to score points. It's just how it's going to work. But Denver might be hardcore running you know we've seen a lot of that when they had Peyton and now if they have Sanchez and they don't really you know think that he is the guy that is going to be able to make all these moves and and make these uh, uh, really key decisions in in tough times then they're just going to run the ball like they have been and they got CJ Anderson back for that reason Um, yep I mean you know the quarterback play in Denver was horrific last year so and they won the Super Bowl. Any any sort of like <laughs> consistency is going to be very helpful for them. Mind blown. Will probably result in decent numbers, I think. Um, so I don't expect QB one right away, but it could be. Well, eventually. Manning didn't play well. Osweiler didn't play well. Like, there's no reason why Sanchez should yeah. suddenly be I mean, a quarterback one. But that that team won the Super Bowl with the ghost of Peyton Manning, and very <laughs> mediocre Brock Osweiler. I love that. I wish I could draft the ghost of Peyton Manning on my team. <laughs> oh, I had him on my team last year. It wasn't you don't want him. Um, gotcha. But, but just to kind of point this out too, I mean, the, the team's still going to win games even if if Sanchez isn't productive. Their defense is still elite. I think Sanchez may finish the year as a mid-level QB2, but he won't be drafted there simply because there's always the threat that at some point they turn it over to Paxton Lynch. Anywhere from the middle of the season on, that may happen. So he could be uh, like a a decent, uh, above-average quarterback for most of the year, but you're never really sure when, when his end day is coming. Right. I think that's the assumption is that at some point before the end of the season, Paxton Lynch will have started some games. And that's kind of what Jason was saying. But uh, definitely with that shadow of uh, Paxton Lynch possibly coming in. And every time Sanchez plays, it it seems like there's always some kind of uprising against him. It was like, well, why why do you have Mark Sanchez? Bud Fumble. Who is, isn't he still only like 20, 27 years old or something? And, and hasn't he also played in two <laughs> AFC championship games? He has. He's like he's done. He did really well for the Jets. That's that's what he needs is the situation he's got where he's not asked to do too much. Maybe as a game manager, he could actually take them again to the playoffs. We'll see. Well, I mean, I, I would expect them to go to the playoffs based on what they did last year with their terrible quarterbacks. Oh, I, goes, I certainly expect them to go back to the playoffs. Based solely on defense, really. Basically, yeah. Huh. So, uh, other moves at the quarterback position. Ryan Fitzpatrick still has no contract with the Jets. Um, so that's been drawn out a lot. It's interesting to see what's going to happen there. We'll talk about more of that in a few minutes. Chase Daniel signed a three-year, $21 million contract to be a backup. That is an awesome contract for a backup quarterback, I think. Uh, Brian Hoyer also signed on with the Bears, so... Uh, he'll be starting at least one game in Chicago because Jay Cutler never plays 16 games a year. 
Last six years, he has not done it. Congratulations, so, Bears fans. So you're saying I should hold on to Brian Hoyer and Dallas? <laughs> Maybe. For I mean, he's certainly going to start. He's going to be a spot starter for you later in the year. You mean for like weeks 11 through 12 when Jay Cutler has some kind of like an ankle? Exactly. Issue? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I want to know from you guys who is going to start the most games this season out of these three guys. Sam Bradford, Mark Sanchez, or RG3? Can I vote for Fitzpatrick? No. <laughs> because if we're just picking guys, like I would pick Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, he was, in, he was among the guys. <laughs> among we the guys about. we talked about. <laughs> That's funny how Fitzpatrick, the only guy without a team at the moment, you would rather have. I fully believe he ends up back on the Jets and he starts for them. Anyway, Sean, being to my left, you have the honor of going first. I say Sam Bradford. Dave. I I own both the the first two guys in Dynasty, and I'm I'm very unsure about both of them. We'll go with RG3 then. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I think I will choose Sam Bradford. But, uh, and Graham? I think Mark Sanchez. Um, Ooh, the Sanchez. I think in Philly there's going to be more of a call to get Wentz in faster than um, faster than Sanchez will leave. Yeah. The starting I, role in Denver. I like Sanchez too, but okay. I am going to... Uh, go all in with RG3. All right. <laughs> Why not? This guy's still holding the torch over here. Uh, well, one more season. Uh, what is going to kill me to do that for one more year? I don't know. I watched that show. It might. I watched that show. What's it called? Uh, it's called like Naked and Afraid. It's on like the History Channel or Discovery Channel or something. Okay. They put like two people into the jungle of some godforsaken place. And they just give him like an axe, and they're like, "All right, go there naked and see what happens." Um, what does that have to do with me supporting RG three? Well, <laughs> that's, that's a fair question. I'm giving you the same odds. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. I mean, I did see the SNL version of that with uh, with Peter Dinklage. That was really good. That and and the uh, the fact that he was Winnie that the count? Pooh. Winnie the Pooh is Peter Dinklage. Fantastic. Oh, that was pretty great. Yeah. It was. Uh, just because we're saying Peter Dinklage is not necessarily a game. It doesn't count a game. Tyrion Lannister, I'll drink now. How about I say more wine? Is that, does that count? More wine. <laughs> you need more wine? what I do. I drink and I know things. Ah, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. If uh, if those of you listening have uh, been listening to the Game of Thrones, uh, well, it's not a podcast. If you've been watching Game of Thrones this year, we're not going to spoil anything. Okay, so don't spoil anything, guys. But, but it's one of our favorite shows, so we might bring up some references. And for those of you that haven't been listening so far, I see there's a lot of you that have joined us just recently. Um, just so you know, uh, our, our kind of goal tonight is to talk about all the rookies and all the free agents. And we just got back from the NFL draft in Chicago, and we have a college expert, uh, uh, Drink5.com's uh, Sean Foss here tonight to tell you really the ins and outs of these guys and whether or not the places they landed are, are worthy of you picking them up in a redraft or a dynasty league. Um, and uh, again, uh, a tip of the hat to Graham's birthday. Happy birthday. Let's have a little social here. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. And who are we on Cheers. now, Jason? Uh, well, it's on to running backs at the moment. So uh, Matt Forte signed with the Jets. He had a three-year, $12 million contract. Pretty small, but I guess pretty standard for uh, aging running back. He's over 30 years old now. Yeah, I think he still has a little bit of life left in him, but he, he was run a lot in college and then after that in the NFL. Uh, the Jets are a good team for him, it seems, because they, they generally have success in the running back position last year with Ivory, uh, several years beforehand with a couple of different guys. 
Um, what, what's your opinion on that, Sean? Um, I think Forte landed in a great spot. I think he's going to be really productive for the Jets. Um, I do think they're going to limit his touches. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially because he's had some durability questions the last couple of years. He missed some games for Langford to step in and play last year. Um, so I do think Bilal Powell shares some of the load. And pa- Powell's actually been a better than, than you would think, um, you know, receiving back. and Kind and of just, third down guy. Yeah, he's been extremely productive there um, in that role, even spelling, uh, you know, Ivory last year. So I think the two of them will split touches. I still think it's more two-thirds of it to Forte, a third of it to Powell. Um, so don't expect Forte to be an automatic, you know, top six, top seven running back like he was at his peak. But I see him as like a high-end RB2 for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, as a Bears fan, Graham, are you sad to see Forte finally go? Or did you understand, like... Not really. You could kind of see see the passing of the torch to oh, Langford. Yeah. At the end of last season, and how much more spring he had, and the coaching staff definitely set it up for that. True, but Forte had his touches when he came back, and um, you can see he, his age. He's getting older, and we got the future of the Chicago Bears already there. Another yeah. Michigan State running back. Yeah, well, we'll I'll take it. Um, so you know, Forte is there because Chris Ivory left. Chris Ivy is now in Jacksonville. Chris Ivy. Chris Ivory. <laughs> Signed in Jacksonville, five-year contract, $32.5 million. Pretty decent contract. Uh, it's clear that they were not blown away by uh, T.J. Yeldon last year, who they did draft in the second round, uh, high in the second round at that. But, you know, they didn't. he didn't do enough, I would say, uh, to keep them, you know, to convince them that he is going to be their guy all the time. So Ivory's going to be a really big weapon on the team. I assume... Half the carries are in his pocket already. Well, I think they they liked Yeldon enough certainly to use him as a three down back a lot of times, but uh, they they're looking at him more like a, a guy like we just talked about, like a Matt Forte guy who's going to be catching passes in the backfield. I think. Okay, so uh, last year they had the best pair of wide receivers, one of the best young quarterbacks, a really good draft this year. I really like where Jacksonville's at. This is a good addition for this team. I think it's going to really help them. Uh, so Lamar Miller, Sean, you said you weren't too hot on Lamar Miller in Houston, I, I or you just didn't think he was going to be a big upgrade. I didn't say that. I just said that I don't think he's that much more talented than, than C.J. Anderson. Anderson. Okay. But can I? T- I just want to make one quick point on Chris Ivory. Sure. The reason um, that they brought him in is not to steal a lot of T.J. Yeldon's work. Yeldon is still the lead back there. Okay. Ivory's there because they can't score at the goal line on the ground. Yeah, they need a Yeldon, push. T.J. Yeldon scored two rushing touchdowns last season. Um, for a starting back, that's pathetic. Chris Ivory scored. I mean, right, he only scored seven for the Jets, um, but I think that he is a much more difficult to stop guy at the goal line than T.J. Yeldon. So I think that's the biggest reason they brought him in is for short yardage and to be the power back in those spots. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think Yeldon still ends up being uh, having the ball a lot, uh, just because he there was there was no mm-hmm. signs of slowdown there. I didn't see any anyway over the last season, right? I mean, it's been a while. It's been a couple months. There's been a lot of beers in between now and then. So, <laughs> I remember seeing some next-gen stats on Ivory. Uh, it was like week 10 or 11 last year. And uh, weeks 1 through 4, his average speed at which he'd already accelerated to at the line was nearly 9 miles an hour. By week 10, he was down to like 6.5. So you could see a lot of his... Well, he, he got a, lot a ton of, his, of carries last year. Yeah. yeah, I mean they wore him down a little. So bit. I could he'd be a perfect compliment back. Yeah, he year. did really well last year. All right. Uh, so back to Lamar Miller. Yes, yeah. Lamar Miller. So he's going to be the head of the timeshare in Houston. He should get the majority of the carries on the team. 
Um, I am a little surprised that Miami let him go, but now that we see what Miami has done, I guess it makes sense. Um, so Houston, I think, is going to benefit a lot from having Lamar Miller there. What has Miami done? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that... <clears throat> well, they drafted a running back. Yeah, but... They drafted a third down back. They, 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 they still well, don't they have decided, one. They decided to go with uh, Jay Ajayi. Well, I mean, that's not. They they tried many times to get a running back, but were were unsuccessful at every turn. I was gonna say yeah, they definitely <laughs> signed C.J. Anderson to an offer sheet that the Broncos match. It was the most hilarious thing of the offseason is when they when they grabbed C.J. Anderson, gave him an offer sheet, and then like at the last minute he was taken back by the Broncos, and then I feel like the Dolphins sent out offers to every single other running back on the free agent list, and they all just went somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone else went to the homecoming with someone else. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they were definitely left uh, without, without a, you know... So now, now, now you've yeah. got some good news. Granted, like, there's probably some uh, some uh, coach speak about like how great J.H.I.E. is, but at this point, it's probably just because they don't want to lose all face with him. <laughs> here's, here's what I'll say about Lamar Miller. I, I said that, you know, I don't think he's that much better than C.J. Anderson. But he's in such a great position to succeed this year. Yeah. They're going to be run heavy. I mean, they're yes. absolutely oh, totally. run heavy. And there's no one on the roster who's really going to challenge him for carries. Yeah. He, in his in his career, in the last three years as a starter, has not top, he's topped 15 carries in a game four times exactly each season. He's going to probably top that on a weekly basis this year. Um, he's already been a top 15 back, I think, over the last few years. And I would I, expect him to move up into strong RB1 territory this year. And I believe when Lamar Miller gets those carries, they win the games. Yeah, and he's also seen his number of receptions increase each of the last three years. He's become a better and better passing game weapon as well. I was always trying to figure out why the Dolphins didn't give it to him more often. It didn't make any sense. I mean, it was almost like they were averse to having There was a stat where yeah. as soon as he got to a certain number of carries, his production just plummeted. But I, he, he I always felt like it was. That number. I always felt like it was a little small of a sample size. They right, didn't like give him enough four chances. Games. <laughs> it's like a pitch count. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, uh, he, he never had more than twenty-two carries in a game. To put that into perspective, Derrick Henry broke thirty probably eight times last year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know it's an exact number, but I know he had over forty in one game. That's a lot of carries. Yeah. Hmm. So another guy who carries the ball. the ball a lot, but may not this year. Uh, Alfred Morris signed with Dallas for a two-year contract worth up to five and a half million. Um, at the time, this move looked really good for anybody who had Alfred Morris in Dynasty Leagues because it was probably you know going to be the case where he would run ahead of Darren McFadden. Uh, and McFadden had a good year last year. That's a really good offensive line, one of the best in the league. However, they drafted Ezekiel Elliott, so all of that's out the window. Alfred Morris is at best uh, just you know carrying around Elliott's jockstrap. You know, He'll still get some time because he's the veteran and, and Elliot's the rookie. But he's going to yeah. have like 120 carries on the year. Right. It's going to be Elliot. I think. I, right. I think everyone feels that way. I mean, you guys, you guys make it sound like Alpha's still going to get some work, but you forget Darren McFadden's still there. Right. Darren McFadden's number two. Alpha's number three. They have a lot because of last year they had nobody, so now they're like stacking up at the position. <laughs> sure. So we'll see which one of their wide re- or running backs gets arrested for stealing cologne and boxer shorts. <laughs> it's, My money's on Alfred. <laughs> My money's on Darren McFadden. Is Alfred Moore still driving the same car he was in college? I, I, I remember think, that was a big thing when he was a rookie. I think he was. I know Giovanni Bernard did that. <laughs> Uh, so DeMarco Murray was traded to Tennessee uh, from Philadelphia. Philadelphia had a fire sale as soon as free agency began. They got rid of everyone they could. Um, so I, I think everyone in this room at least would agree that 
Murray was not used in a, the right fashion in Philadelphia last year, and he's going to improve just by being somewhere else. Right? Well, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think you're right on the on the right track, but I'm saying that Murray. It's not that he wasn't used in the right fashion. It's that the team uh, and and their schemes were not right for Murray. Sure, he was not a good. He was not the right match for Philadelphia at all. And I, I think he could do well in a team now that has a whole lot of weapons and is young and is hungry. So. Uh, so yeah, I think so. I, I what do you guys think? I, I think his touchdown upside's at least a little bit hurt by Derrick Henry being drafted in the second round by the Titans. I mean, I think I think he's definitely in a better situation for himself. Um, I don't know that necessarily that he's going to be a better fit for their scheme than he was in Philly. I think he will be, uh, but I don't think that he's going to get back to what he was doing two years ago with Dallas. No, in Dallas he was getting every single goal line carry. You know, if they had seven rushes at the goal line, he was getting all seven of them. That's definitely not going to happen here. I mean, he, was, with Henry. he was the focal point of the entire offense in Dallas two years ago, and he's. Ne- I don't think that will ever happen for him again in his career. I still think he can finish as, like, the low-end RB1, like the 10th best running back in the league this year, just because, you know, they're going to give him a lot of carries. They're going to give him the chance to do his thing, wear down defenses, and Derrick Henry is a one-two punch with him. They're going to help each other out. Yeah, I and think... That's, that's not going to last forever, but it'll work for now. Yeah, I think him as a top 10 back would be a great year for him. I think it's possible, but it would mean he had a great season. Right. Well, anybody with a top 10 season is having a great year. I mean, there, well, there was a time when DeMarco, if he's just in the top 10, you'd have been like, ah, oh, that's okay. Great. Well, yeah. <laughs> Look, a really good guy like that on an offense like Dallas, I would expect it. It, it would be commonplace, but it's a different situation. So, other running back signings, Arian Foster is still a free agent. He has stated that he wants to be healthy before he signs with anyone. Uh, Marshawn Lynch retired, therefore Thomas Rawls is taking over. And Stephen Ridley signed with the Lions, but that doesn't really matter. Okay, so, uh, running back bet. Which running back is going to have the most yards this season? Matt Forte, Chris Ivory, or Lamar Miller? So, Sean went first last time. Dave, you'll go first this time. So, most yards on the season. Are we Forte, rushing or from scrimmage? Uh, I said yards, but I meant rushing yards. So it's going to be rushing. So no backfield is counted here. Sorry? No backfield, no no, no receiving catches yards. in the backfield there. No receiving yards, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with Lamar Miller on Houston. Okay. And Graham? Uh, I'll go Matt Forte. Uh, sticking with the homer pick. I, I, I respect that. <laughs> um, I think that it's going to be Lamar Miller as well. And I, Sean? I have to agree. Uh, I say Lamar Miller, and I don't think it's particularly close. All right. Uh, on to the wide receivers. So wide receivers, there was really not a whole lot going on in the free agent class. Marvin Jones, perhaps the biggest uh, free agent wide receiver signing. He signed with Detroit five years, $40 million. Yeah, but Golden Tate's probably still the number one guy there. I mean, uh, yes. Marvin Jones is a is a is a number two who could do well. Detroit's got trouble. Yeah, I, it's it's that that's a situation that I am not really sure of going into 2016 season. Tate and Jones are going to attempt to fill Megatron's shoes. Well, we already know how how Tate does when Calvin Johnson's not there because it's happened. He'll have a lot of receptions. He's going to be good. He's going to be fine. But I'm not sure that. Uh, I don't know. I that's a tough one. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer um, 
out of that situation. <laughs> I don't want to draft Detroit players because I'm so unsure about how they're going to perform. Yeah, I don't know of one Detroit player that I can think of right now that I must have on my team. Well, I like Amir Abdullah. I like Golden Tate. I think like Marvin Jones might step up. I don't know. They have a great tight end that, that should step up as well. Matt Stafford could have a, you know, a good year after a couple of not-so-great ones, but I'm not going to draft them on, high on my list, personally. I hear you. Uh, Travis Benjamin signed in San Diego. Four years, $24 million. So he left the uh, Cleveland Browns, and they are even more depleted now. Uh, So he goes to San Diego, a team that was very depleted last year. Uh, So Keenan Allen will probably be back this year, I assume. He'll be back. He'll be healthy. Um, So he and Travis Benjamin could provide a decent one-two punch. They did lose uh, Malcolm Floyd. Yeah. Retired last year. Retired. Um, they still have Antonio Gates. He's sticking around for another couple years. He'll take care of the middle of the field. Uh, so I liked Travis Benjamin last year. Uh, I thought he, you know, I had fun with him being kind of the surprise uh, high-end wide receiver. Um, of course, it didn't last all year long. Do you think he can last all year with a better quarterback? No, I think he's there to replace Malcolm Floyd. I don't think I think he's going to be the deep threat role. And he'll get I, that production basically. He'll get that sort of production. I think that his his days as a number one receiver are over. I think Keenan Allen is going to be the, obviously the, the target monster there. And just really quick, I know we're already passing. Just to go back to Marvin Jones. I think sure. he gets a career high in both catches and yards this year. Oh, um, certainly. Yeah, he'll be I focused mean, on so much more. I mean, I'd look for him to probably catch at least eighty balls and clear a thousand yards. He's. I think he had a really big touchdown year at the Bengals, so I don't know that he'll set a career high there. I, he had that game with four touchdowns in it. Uh, yeah, he. I think he had a season with ten touchdowns. I think that's a hard number to assume he'll hit, but he's going to have a really strong year in Detroit. And I, and maybe look at the way they played the second half of last year. They were good enough to be a playoff team. They just started so poorly; it was too deep a hole to dig out of. Well, we'll see about Detroit. I I'm not sold on anything Detroit. Maybe that's the Chicago one and me talking. I, I think it 100 percent is. <laughs> so, do you like the? You don't like? I mean, do you like the fit of Travis Benjamin? Do you think that he'll be able to produce okay, or do you I, just think it's I kind think of it's a, a wash? I think it's a better fit for their football team than it is for him as a fantasy player. Okay. I think he's going to be a. Uh, it's going to be helpful in stretching the defense and opening things up for those underneath possession guys, which are. Keenan Allen and Danny Woodhead out of the backfield. Uh, I mean, you obviously still have Gates down the seam um, for at least another year until Hunter Henry takes over when Gates retires. But um, He did sign a two-year contract. Gates? Yeah. I mean, they may still phase him out. They, they've been trying yeah, to yeah. The they don't have to keep him around. Yeah. Um, no, I think Travis Benjamin, like I said, is gonna he's going to really help what they do offensively without necessarily being a better, um, not being a better fantasy producer than he was last year. Okay. Um, so, Muhammad Sanu signed with Atlanta. Uh, that's the other wide receiver that Cincinnati left uh, lost. So, it was a tough year for Cincinnati. Um, Sanu is going to be replacing Waddy, Roddy White. Waddy White, who... Um, <laughs> you know, Rowdy Roddy White. Rowdy Roddy White. He <laughs> hasn't really done much over the last couple of seasons, so replacing him won't be hard. Sanu, of course, was kind of a gadgety guy in Cincinnati, so... I could see him, you know, because Julio Jones is drawing so much attention from everyone as a guy who could wind up being like a WR3 flex starter uh, even early in the season, uh, you know, where, you know, teams are going to, they're going to find a way to get the ball into his hands. I I think Sanu is going to kind of mirror the production you saw to Leonard Hankerson last year. I don't think he's going to be 
I think he's just mediocre. I don't think there's anything special. Yeah, about. Hankerson doesn't do anything unless Julio Jones is off the field. Uh, no, Hankerson had some decent games last year, especially when Roddy White was out. Um, but, I mean, this is all just to try to draw some attention away from Julio Jones. Uh, Julio. Well, yeah, they need to. Yeah. I don't. I don't think Sanu. I think Sanu again. You're probably right, calling him basically a flex guy. Um, but I think it's going to be some decent weeks and some terrible ones. <laughs> uh, so Mike Wallace signed with the Ravens. Brandon LaFell signed with the Bengals. Uh, Nate Washington signed with the Patriots. Ruben Randall signed with the Eagles. This is how thin we are at wide receiver moves. A lot of moves that aren't really going to matter in fantasy at all. Um, so everyone is on the same team for the most part at wide receiver. Uh, Richard Matthews is on the Titans. The unsigned guys are Anquan Bolden, Roddy White, Andre Johnson, all older guys. The only one of those I think is definitely going to get signed is probably Anquan Bolden. I, I feel like Bolden's done. I think he's ready to walk away from Just going to hang him up. Isn't he like 46 years old? <laughs> <laughs> he just looks it. Um, he's 83. He's got to be 30, 34. I think he's 34. I, I, he's definitely mid-30s at least. And that's when you kind of end. You he know? is 35. He'll yeah. be 36 in October. So he's he's uh, he's nearing the end of his career anyway. Yeah, I think he may not come back and play. But just really quickly to make some quick points, I, I think that LaFell was more of a desperation signing for the Bengals because the market had dried up and they needed a wide out. Absolutely. Uh, I think Ruben Randall is very mediocre to Philly. Uh-huh. I actually do like Richard Matthews to the Titans. I think oh, that's actually he was really such a great, uh, a great like a great hands. Yeah, tons and tons of passes, good PPR guy. Yeah, he yeah. just wasn't going to get any action because they had Jarvis Landry. Yeah, the question mark for them in, in Tennessee now becomes, oh, who does he take targets from? Is it is it Doriel or is it Kendall Wright? Or Delaney Walker. I mean, where do his targets come from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so the wide receiver bet this time around, Graham, you'll go first. Who's going to have the most touchdowns this year? Um, is it going to be Marvin Jones, Travis Benjamin, or Mohamed Sanu? Hmm. So you're going to pick a Lion, <laughs> a Charger, or a Falcon? Oof. I think I'm going to go Marvin Jones just because someone has to catch touchdowns in, in Detroit. It's not Megatron. He does have Matt Stafford throwing him the ball. That's something. And Matt Stafford goes like good Matt Stafford year, then bad Matt Stafford year. And last year was one of the worst. It so. was a bad Matt Stafford year. It's going to be a good year. It was a bad Matt Stafford <laughs> half of a year. He was great in the second half. Look at the numbers. He actually had a really solid second half. There you go. All right. <laughs> so at least he'll be good in the first half of this year. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go with Mohamed Sanu. I think that um, he's going to, you know, I think that he's going to catch a few touchdowns. He'll try to, you know, do stupid end arounds with him and stuff. But he actually finds the end zone every once in a while. So um, I think he'll get a touchdown or, or more touchdowns. He'll get one touchdown, is what Jason thinks. More than one. <laughs> Sean, I, I agree with Graham. I think it's Marvin Jones. Um, I think their offense got much much better uh, after they after they brought in Jim Bob Cooter to be the new offensive coordinator. I think it's going to carry over to the next season even without. Matt Who's Cooper. their new offensive coordinator? Jim Bob Cooter. Just wanted to say that. I also no, I'm also picking Marvin Jones because I think uh, Detroit will have uh, more touchdowns. Stafford will be better. The the the. Like I said, I'm staying away from it, sort of, but I, I, I feel like they're going to be stepping up rather than stepping down. Just, and just for fun, I want to turn this around on you guys. Can any one of you name where he went to college? Jim Bob Cooter? No. <laughs> Mar- Marvin Jones. Uh, where Marvin Jones went to college? I would, I, have say, no idea. I, have to guess. I would say SCU. He went to the same place Aaron Rodgers did. He went to Cal. Yes, he went oh, to Cal. Okay. Well, I was close. Good for him. That's a good school. Geographically. So tight ends. 
Uh, Ladarius Green signed with Pittsburgh. Dave, I'm sure you're pumped about that. Four-year contract for $24 million. I'm not really pumped about that because Heath Miller is one of the best Steelers of all time, and he's retired, and that sucks, man. I'll, I'll get into Ladarius Green being good maybe this year, but I'm still going to be sad about Heath Miller for a After while. his like third touchdown. Go, like, ahead, right. go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Give your Heath Miller chance. <laughs> Very nice. You sound like a Packers fan cheering for John Kuhn. <laughs> <laughs> that's uncalled for. <laughs> no, I think that's on, a little bit too on the nose. John Kuhn, Heath Miller was was there for years and did so well. John Kuhn has not been there for that long and has John not Kuhn done gets three touchdowns a, a year time. on four carries. He has not done nearly as well as Heath Miller or, or been uh, significant as a piece of the offense. They they chant Heath even when he's targeted. He doesn't even have to catch the ball. <laughs> oh, they, they, they chant Kuhn just when he gets on the field. At the one yeah. yard line. They know where the ball's going. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a similar chant. It's not a similar very, player. Very similar chant. <laughs> So, anyways, Green, uh, he wasn't going to be the guy in San Diego because Gates is coming back, unless Gates got injured. Um, but I think it's I think Green is going to be happier in his new situation. I think Roethlisberger is going to be happy to have a guy who wants to catch a few more passes. They're going to be losing Martellus or Martavis Bryant for the season, so um, you know they need someone to step up in the passing game. Antonio Brown can't catch 180 passes a year. He might actually or be able to. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually more excited about Ladarius there than I am about Sammy Coates, who should step in and, and have more of a role with Martavis out. I think Ladarius is a huge, huge addition for them. Uh, and I don't think it'll be very long before Dave has forgotten who Heath Miller is uh, with Ladarius in town. Ooh. I think. I mean, I think we saw last year when Gates was suspended. If I'm not mistaken, Ladarius scored three touchdowns those first four games. I'd have to look up to make certain, but I think he had three When Gates was out at when the beginning Gates of the season. When Gates was out in those first four weeks. When he we was know, suspended for the first four weeks. We know he is a, is a great tight end. He's done great things. He's he's also not a bad blocker, which is great because that's one of the reasons why Heath Miller was so good is because he was an awesome blocker and did a lot of things other than being a pass catcher. So, I, believe me, I, I'm happy to have Ladarius Green in town. I, I'm But forget about Heath Miller. I don't know. I, I, don't think, I think Green winds up being an easy tight end one this year. It's not that hard to break that that list, but I think he's in there. Well, Roethlisberger loves those little you know uh, passes to the side because he's going to scramble a little bit and he's going to he's going to move around in the pocket, etc. So I mean, Jason, do you think like Ladarius for RG three type trade? Good. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. We'll the, have to talk about it later. The trade right. winds are blowing. <laughs> they are. So Kobe Fleener signed with New Orleans, a five year, thirty six million dollar contract, big time money for Kobe. Uh, so the Saints have realized that they need to have a real tight end in their offense. Ben Watson was good. Uh, Kobe Fleener may not be the realest of the real guys, but he's younger and going to be more productive, I think, than Ben Watson was in their offense. Um, I think easily he's a tight end one this year. Uh, he gets an upgrade at quarterback right away, and uh, it's probably a better offense geared towards him too. Mm. I would agree with that. Um, I do think that he has a little bit more new competition for targets with Michael Thomas being being drafted as well. Um, I think he's a low-end tight end one, um, borderline. I think there's a reason why the Colts picked to re-sign Dwayne Allen instead of Kobe Fleener. I think that Fleener is a much better pass catcher than he is all-around football player. Um, I think he's going to fit well in New Orleans. That's what we care about, though. It's true. That's very true, but at the same time, if you if you can't block and you can't do the little things that are going to keep you on the field... Then you have to be Tony Gonzalez, otherwise you're not getting on the field, yeah. Right, I mean, we'll see. I think, like I said, low-end, tight-end one, in my, my projection form. So, Martellus Bennett, 
Um, he got traded to the Patriots. They now have the one-two combination uh, that they used to have, kind of. You know, they have Gronkowski. They used to have Aaron, Aaron Hernandez. Now they've got Bennett. It could be interesting. So I want to know um, who is going to have the most receptions this year. Is it going to be Ladarius Green? Is it going to be Martellus Bennett? Antonio Gates or uh, the guy who uh, Bennett, uh, who is replacing Bennett, Zach Miller. So you you starting this time, right? Yes, I am going to start this one. I am going to go with uh, Ladarius Green because uh, I know that Heath Miller had lots of ten reception games. I think there's more of those to come. So Sean, I'm actually going to go old man River Antonio Gates here. <laughs> All right, I, I like they, that. I think he's still. Dude, I used to pick Antonio Gates for everything. He's still River's favorite target. I I, I appreciate is. that. All right, Dave, who do you want? You going Steelers for sure? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love the idea of him being really great there. I, I, I'm wondering if I should pick Zach Miller because I feel like he might really step up this year. It'd be kind of strange, right? But you know the Bears are going to need some kind of... Uh, fallback guy, you know, they, their plays fall apart a lot, and they're going to have two guys, Elshon Jeffrey, who's not really a wide receiver one, and Kevin White, who's going to come out having never played a game in the NFL, so he's basically a rookie still. So I, I think they're going to be passing a lot to Zach Miller. All that said, uh, I still give the edge to my uh, to my new guy, Ladarius Green. <laughs> All right, Graham. Oh... I think I'm gonna have to go Antonio Gates, just because how many oh, times I'm, I'm with R- you, Graham. Rivers so, just feeds him all the former ball. Chargers. <laughs> yeah, all right. Just two of them, but yes, <laughs> one current. talk about the rookies now uh if anyone wants a little more of an in-depth preview of all of the guys take a look at our website look at sean's article his rookie report uh that he released just before the draft given a basic breakdown of all the guys um uh sean it was excellent information i actually knew about a lot of the uh big time guys that were being drafted uh rather than learning about them after they were drafted so thank you sir um so uh, we've got at quarterback, uh, the first round, first pick uh, was Jared Goff going to the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Sean, you think well, he's going to start? The, the L.A. Rams. Oh, shit. Yeah. I wrote St. Louis Rams, too. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, that's disturbing. you got to get that down. you got to get it down. They're in L.A. now. <laughs> I'm still writing 2015 on my checks. <laughs> so the, the Los Angeles Rams. I'll have to spell the whole thing out to get used to it. I did in my little blurb uh, mention that they will be, pl- you know, playing in LA. So uh, I think he's going to be starting right away. Do you see it that way? Week one. I week one. Him under center. Week one. How, wh- where do you think he'll be in terms of fantasy quarterbacks for the season? Then is he is he bottom third where most of the rookies land? Realistically speaking, I, I think he's right on the, the back end of the QB two uh, realm. I think the big key with with the Rams is. They just need a quarterback that teams think can throw so that Todd Gurley can run. 
you can't be putting eight and nine guys in the box against Todd Gurley and have the Rams be successful on offense. You need a quarterback that can beat the defense when that happens. Um, and I think Goff is good enough to do that. I mean, he, he was a starter at Cal for three years. He mastered their offense from what I watched of him. Um, he's a good, accurate quarterback. He's not going to be an elite guy. He's not going to be a, an Aaron Rodgers or a Brady or a top-of-the-league type of player. But I'd say his ceiling is about where Matt Ryan has been over the last four or five years. That's what I expect Jared Goff can be. Oh, that's not bad. I mean, Matty Ice is a fine player. I'm sure they're very happy with him in Atlanta. They'll be happy with Goff in L.A. probably. Yeah, I think his biggest concern is just Jeff Fisher's <laughs> unhappy offense. So Carson Wentz says Sam Bradford's panties in a bunch, and that's just too damn bad for Sam Bradford, really, because Carson Wentz is going to be the guy of the future in Philadelphia. Um, they spent a whole lot of draft picks on him, trading up to him. So uh, just like Goff, uh, the Eagles traded up to get their guy. They really had an idea of what they wanted. Um, so I really think that you know Wentz is going to be a guy, maybe not immediately right away, uh, but who's going to see some starts this year? I did, I don't think he starts a game this year. I think he sits the entire season. Um, and for me, I I think he's farther away from being ready to start than most people think he is. That's uh, still think of a bomber going on across the room from me. Um, the thing the thing that worries me about Carson Wentz is this. First of all, he's never played against competition higher than you know the FCS, the one double A of college. Hey, so did Joe Flacco. But even then, he's got limited experience at that level. I mean, he missed seasons with injury. Um, you know, he's, he hasn't been fully healthy in his run through there. And if you watch film of him, he, when he drops back and is going through his reads, his feet are glued to the ground. Not How many good. guys do you see that bounce and are able to slide left or right to avoid pressure when they feel it? He is stuck to the ground. He doesn't, there's no bounce. There's no movement at all. Um, and he's a little slow through his progressions. And in you know in F one double A or FCS, those windows by the, by the time that he gets the ball there, oh, you just didn't get some extra yards after the catch. So in the NFL, those are interceptions. Those are passes broken up. What is it that they see in Wentz then that they're willing to spend so much on him? They see they see the intangibles. They see a uh, they see a kid who seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Um, they see a kid who isn't scared of suddenly being the number one. You know, talk about it potentially being the number one pick in the draft. There's a lot of things to like about his personality, but I think as far as his ability as a quarterback, he's got a long way to go. So they have to coach him up. Abs so it absolutely. may make sense that he doesn't start. And he's, and he's got a big arm. He had a crazy good pro day. Um, he absolutely can get better. Um, but I think he's a couple years away from being the guy that they think he can be, and that's if he ever gets there. Oh, thank you, Dave. What is this that you're uh, passing out to all of us? Let's talk about a new beer as we have it, shall we? So, uh, Galaxy White IPA, bottled with Brett. Brett? With Brett, like, like Brett. He was in the window oh, cell waiting to be let in. Oh. We don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm just going to read you real quickly uh, what, what Brett basically feels in his, in his jowls and in the rest of his body. Exploration and innovation have always been trademarks of man. Oh, you know, it's getting boring. Uh, regardless, uh, Anchorage Brewing Company is made, I think, a pretty good beer here. It says it's an ale brewed with spices, fermented and aged in French oak uh, foudres. 7% alcohol, 50 IBU. So it's somewhat hoppy, got a lot of oak in it probably, uh, and it's going to taste like it's uh, a, a spiced ale. 
Uh, what's your opinion, guys? I, I, I don't know. You have mine on the other side of the room still. Yes, sir. It smells it has very a weird spicy. Smell to it. Yeah. yeah. Weird smell, but it, I like the taste. Solid. It's smooth. What made you pick this one out, Sean? Just um, looked cool on from the bottle. I Brett, mean, did Brett do it? It's I it's like white IPAs typically, and it's Anchorage okay. Brewing Company, so I assume none of us have had it before. No, I don't know if I've had Anchorage. I certainly I mean, haven't had this beer. I imagine Alaskan beer is not easy to find in these parts. <laughs> it smells kind of like almost fermented, like it's saying, like yeah. like you've got sort of that. Uh, um, you know, not to the level of like kimchi or something like that. It's just a little funkiness funky. to the smell. It smells funky, exactly. Yeah. yeah, not funky bad like funky. You want to smell it one more time? More like funky <laughs> cold Medina. Like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Funky Bunch. So Paxton Lynch was drafted uh, in the first round, pick number twenty six to the Denver Broncos. Also, the Broncos traded up to grab a quarterback in the first round. Uh, like we said earlier, it looks like Sanchez is going to start this year. Um, so is this kind of like a Lynch probably next year thing? Uh, I think I think he gets under under center late this season. Um, I, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on where the team is in the standings. If they think they're a Super Bowl contender again, with Sanchez starting, they may be a little – they may wait to pull the trigger and maybe wait till next year. Um, I'm kind of with you when you were talking earlier. We had that little bet we were going, right? Uh, saying like Sam Bradford is more of an established starter right now than Mark Sanchez is. Sanchez is more like a – uh, like a backup level guy, a backup level talent. He's a right bridge now. to the new talent, right? More than Bradford is Sanchez. right now. Well, Sanchez is more accepting of that role than Sam Bradford is. It, uh, <laughs> That's certainly true. Apparently so. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Lynch. Um, I, Goff is certainly a safer pick if you're in a dynasty league than Paxton Lynch. But I think Paxton Lynch has the highest ceiling of any QB in this class. Uh, I mean, he's got great size. He's six seven, two forty. I mean, that's enormous for a quarterback. I mean, that's taller than Cam Newton and about the same weight. That's a Brock Osweiler size. I mean... Probably a few pounds bigger. And Lynch and Lynch can run. He's <laughs> athletic. He's going to be great. I think Kubiak is going to be a great mentor for him in teaching him how to play quarterback at the NFL level. That's a good point. That's diff- That's what's different from him and Brock. Like Brock is, is more like a... Uh, like a Mike Glennon like thrower who's tall as opposed to a guy who can also move in the pocket and uh, and, and rush a little bit like a like a Rodgers or a Roethlisberger and, or a Andrew and I just Luck. Want to re- reiterate too last season at Memphis Paxton Lynch threw 28 touchdowns and only four interceptions. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. But you still don't think he's going to start uh, this year if if things don't go terribly wrong for Sanchez and the and the Broncos? Well, I mean, well, tell me this. If the Broncos in week 13 are 10-3 and three with Mark Sanchez no, at quarterback, you're absolutely right. That, why would you change it? You wouldn't change it. Yeah. They only went to Brock Osweiler because Peyton Manning absolutely forced their hand. No, you're absolutely right. So if they don't have a losing record after six games, there's no reason for them to, you know... And it's unlikely that they would. Right. I think they yeah. would wait until the back half of the season unless they got desperate. Huh. Um, and if and if things went really well until then, I think they wait till next year. It depends on how many butt fumbles there are, I suppose. So Christian Hackenberg signed in, uh, or drafted round two, pick number 51 mm-hmm. to the Jets. Um, so the Jets now have... Uh, Two quarterbacks on their roster, plus they're trying to re-sign a third one. Um, I don't know who's going to start this year for that team. They actually have, they actually have three on the roster. Um, you still have Geno Smith. Yeah. You still have uh, the newly drafted Hackenberg. And okay. they also oh, they got they drafted, drafted last Bryce year. Petty. Yeah, Petty. Um, I think they're more more than likely going to trade Geno or Bryce Petty. 
Um, I don't think there's any chance that they carry four quarterbacks. I do think they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick back to start. Hackenberg showed a ton of tools as a freshman at Penn State under Bill O'Brien, the current coach of the Texans. Drink. No, I, wait, he said the whole if thing. I don't say his full name, I have to drink. Oh. If someone called him Bob, then I should drink. So, <laughs> so under under Bill O'Brien, I almost did it. Um, when he was in Penn State, he showed all the tools to be a, like looked like a number one overall pick down the road. But his sophomore junior years after O'Brien left, his his mechanics went haywire. He couldn't throw to open guys, let alone covered ones. And he was frantic under pressure. Um, you know, behind his line at Penn State. Um, I mean, to draft him where the Jets did, they think they can fix the things that went wrong in the last two years and get back to the guy he was as a freshman. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a project, and I think it's going to take a lot of work to get to find that quarterback again. I don't know that it'll ever happen, but if it does, the guy can absolutely return a first-round NFL draft pick type of value. Yeah, just trade him again. So is there anyone else in the draft class who has a chance to start a game this year, You know, aside from, like, oh, well, people are injured and they have to start? Um, I think for me, the one guy, I, I, like I said, I don't think it's just lip service from the Cleveland Browns. I think Cody Kessler could actually start some games this year. Um, I think if Hugh Jackson liked him enough to pick him where they did, I think there's a real chance that he could start some games. Um, outside of that, I think it would, be, it would take injuries. I mean, Connor Cook in Oakland, if something happened to Derek Carr. Um, maybe Jeff Driscoll in San Francisco, if something happened to Kaepernick. Um, I mean, or somehow they traded him, which I don't think will happen at this point. Um, I think for me, the, the guy with the best shot to get some starts this year without an injury is Cody Kessler, outside of the guys we just discussed. Let me ask you, uh, being in a dynasty league, with all four of us here, actually, um, wh- what's your pick? Do you, do you know what your pick is in this coming draft for the rookie draft? Why would, why would, you, why would you ask me that? <laughs> I'm not going to divulge that information. I'll tell you what, uh, at pick six, I'm going to pick Cardale Jones. What? I'm not going to give you a real answer. No, I think he was wondering what. Pick no, you no, were. no, 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 I'm, no. I'm not. He's, he's I don't even have a first pick. round pick, man. This year, I, I'm, I'm not. I, so let me give it away to everyone else then. No, he no, just wants no, to know no. what what you I, pick. I'm asking what, where do you pick? I'm asking what. Yeah, where in line are you? I have the sixth overall. Okay, pick. so six. So in a two quarterback league, both quarterbacks, uh, Goff and Wentz, will probably already be gone. But it's interesting that. That you, uh, in particular, and I think a lot of people, myself, I guess, uh, I, I, I'm still not exactly sold yet, um, think that that maybe Wentz won't be someone that plays, you know, this year, or, or not unless he has to. Um, so, what would you think the best pick would be, for example, if you're, let's say you're pick number two, and pick number one takes Ezekiel Elliott. You're in a dynasty league, and like ours, where we have uh, uh, regular rules except for uh, uh, Superflex, which allows you to play two quarterbacks at any time. If you were in that situation, and I don't think any of us are, I don't think I don't think any of us have a pick that's number one or two or three. No, right? we have Graham is five, Sean is six. So I'm just asking. Seven. If you were that pick, if you were, we, we you know, let's say playoffs. number two, would you trade down? Or would you go for a wide receiver or a running back instead of picking that uh, quarterback, Jared Goff? It depends on how desperate I am for a quarterback. Uh, with my current roster, I take Jared Goff because I need the quarterback that badly. Sure, yeah. Um, but in a normal circumstance, if I'm not desperate for a QB, I stay at two and I pick Josh Dotson. Do you, you don't think that like the, the quarterbacks and, and the rest of the draft class this year are, are that... 
excellent that you need to you need to pick those quarterbacks. You could you know wait till next year or the year after to get a better quarterback coming out of college. Uh, you, you say that, but I don't know that they're. I mean, I don't know who the guys coming out next year will be. I mean, we know there's Deshaun Watson from Clemson. I I just I hear a lot. Like it's interesting, you know. There's a lot of places where where people go to discuss uh, rookie drafts, etc. And I've heard a lot that like next year's draft, for example, a lot of people are saying is going to be a lot better as far as talent than this year's draft. Like last year's draft was pretty good talent wise. I mean, you've got. Uh, you know, a, a lot of really good players out there. I would say that the big thing with next year's draft is the running back position is going to be loaded. There's four guys who may come out that are at the same talent level as Ezekiel Elliott. So a lot of good running backs next year. Yeah. That's crazy. Interesting. Yep. Can't well, thanks for your next year. Yeah. Embarrassment <laughs> of riches next year. Um, <clears throat> so, speaking of Ezekiel Elliott... He is the first running back taken in the draft, round one, pick four, to the Cowboys. Um, do you project him like uh, all of the you know, television projectors have been putting him? Uh, number one running back possibly overall this year. Should be drafted in the first round of fantasy drafts. Like, you mean first pick? <laughs> exactly. Like He may be the first overall pick in a draft that you're in this year. I don't know about that, but Cowboys... I'd There's a lot in, of hype. I'd put him in mid-first round of, yeah. uh, of redraft leagues. Yeah. Uh, Dynasty League, uh, he should be... First overall. If, if it's if it's a startup, top three picks. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy to say because most, most guys should draft a receiver at the top of a Dynasty startup. Um, and in rookie rookie drafts, absolutely top overall pick. I mean, the guy is going to the, the perfect situation. Yep. And he is the best all-around prospect We've probably seen outside of Gurley and Adrian Peterson in the last 10 years. I mean, the guy can flat out play. He can do it all. He's Almost every scout I've heard calls him one of the best blocking running backs we've seen in a long time. Which, I mean, like I said... Tony Romo's going to love that. Well, that's the thing. is That's what keeps most rookie running backs off the field, is that they don't know how to pass protect. They yep. can't block, yeah. Zeke loves it. He's going he's gonna to lay people out in pass protection. That's awesome. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He can do it all Ezekiel's going to be such a badass, man. I mean, you, you watch him. It's amazing. Like The blocking that he got at Ohio State was great, but he created extra yards with his with his ability to run uh, in addition to what the O-line would block for him. He was just unreal. So should we just get rid of uh, the the easy and just call him Zeke? or uh... I, I like Zeke. He's not like easy. Zeke. What is What does he like? Does he yeah, like wow, Zeke? easy He's fine to go by. He, he enjoys going by Zeke. Um, well, the easiest question you've, ever, you've been asked all night, what college did he go to? Ohio State. <laughs> and, and they... Uh, and he killed my and they Wolverines killed several it. times. Yes, they did. <laughs> by several, I mean like two. But yeah, he killed the Wolverines. All right, so, you know, draft him, guys. I, I really like him in the, in the position that he's in. It's going to be amazing. So Derrick Henry drafted second round, pick number 45 by the Tennessee Titans. Um... Henry is going to have a lot of work in this uh, this year, but it's still going to be like maybe a third of the carries to DeMarco Murray having two-thirds of the carries. That's how I see it. Do you see him getting more than that? No, but I think he gets more goal line work. Uh, I think he scores a good handful of touchdowns. Um, so he's going to be a little touchdown vulture. I'd say he should be drafted as probably an RB3 flex type of guy. Um, I don't think he should be drafted as a starter on your fantasy team. In Dynasty League's late first round, uh, probably where I peg him mid to late. Or, yeah, probably late first round. I think there's other running backs who will have earlier opportunity than he will. Yeah, in college, I didn't really see him. Watching him play, 
didn't really see his talent translating to as like a as dominant as he was no. in college because he's just so much bigger than everyone in college. Now he's going to be getting hit, tackled by dudes just as big. He just plowed straight ahead and used his sheer size. Here's the thing, though. In college, his, his athleticism that he showed at the combine in terms of his forty time, his broad jump, his vertical jump, all that stuff. He's one of the more. I mean, at his size. He is a physical freak. So it's going mean, to be... He's going to be better than people project. So it's going to be, does he hold up? If he holds up, he's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the Dolphins drafted Kenyon Drake, round three, pick number 73. This is who you were talking about earlier as a guy who could uh, yeah. maybe... You Third know, down, kind of speedster uh, guy to compliment Jay Ajayi. The, the point here that I was making is if you have Ajayi in fantasy, then he's secure for his role for this season, I think. But but Ajayi is not. It's not like it's their first choice. But Ajayi is not like a, a a short yardage goal line back. He's a power runner. He's a power. He's he's not. You know, I don't know. He's, he's not, all they got. He's not right Chris now. Ivory. Is that how you would compare him to? No. He's not as as strong as Chris Ivory. But he's a little bit quicker, and he has similar size. He's a big guy. Okay. Um, but what about this guy? Uh, so what do we think about him? Drake's the third down. He's a third down back. Um, Period. He's going to be really solid for PPR. Catching the ball out of the backfield. In terms of this year's rookie class, if you're in a rookie draft, he should probably be like a mid-second round pick. Um, I think he's going to have a real value as a pass catcher out of the backfield, especially if it makes PPR. He should be maybe even high second round. Uh, so CJ Proisis, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. Procise. Procise. Okay. Round three, pick 90 to the Dolphins. Uh, Sean, this was your overhyped sleeper. Uh, do, you, do you think that that's too early for him? I mean, that is the fourth overall running back taken. Um, I saw that. It worries me a little bit because I thought Thomas Rawls was really poised to take over and be the workhorse in Seattle. Um, Pro I think he Sy- still is. Procise is another guy who, to me, projects more as a third-down guy. Um, he actually started his college career as a corner, transitioned to wide receiver, and then to running back. Mm-hmm. So he's got good receiver skills out of the backfield. And a lot of people like the way he runs. I just don't think that his... His build is going to really pan out as a between-the-tackles guy in the NFL. He reminds me a lot more of another Notre Dame project or product, uh, Theo Riddick, is a guy he reminds me a lot of. He's kind of a project, too. Well, no, he's, <laughs> he's a fan. Theo's a fantastic receiving back. I mean, if you owned him in a PPR league last year, Well, yeah, year, he was getting yeah, 10, yard, 10 catches a game for a while. Yeah, and I think that's that's what ProSize can be. I don't see him being an all-around like Matt Forte type. I see him more like Theo Riddick. Just catching the ball. Yeah. Okay, so on to wide receivers. Uh, Corey Coleman, drafted by the Browns in the first round. He's the first overall uh, wide receiver taken. Let's do a little bit of a lightning round. Is that is that cool? Sure. All right. So um, I think that he's going to be starting right away. That position is totally up for grabs on that team. Um, is, is there any way he doesn't start at the beginning of the year? Um, Other than I, injury. I don't think it's up for grabs. I think it's Corey Coleman's job. Uh, I think if, if somehow they're lucky enough to get Josh Gordon back, he and Coleman are one and two. Okay. Um, Coleman, just to put it out there really quickly, he's at least one of the top three receivers in this class, and his ceiling is basically what Steve Smith was at his peak. Yeah, but he has RG3 throwing to him. 
Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. He might have Josh McCown. That's it. He has like a a 1D4 quarterback. We're not sure what it is yet. Yeah, he did. He did. Pierre Garçon had like 120 receptions. He was the league leader in receptions. That year. Yeah. So Will Fuller drafted in the first round by the Houston Texans. They've got a compliment now to DeAndre Hopkins. You know, Sean, you did say that someone would just kind of uh, overpay for him. However, I think that it's okay for the Houston Texans to make this pick because it is a really good compliment to Hopkins. Uh, they needed to give some uh, guys to Osweiler uh, so that he didn't you know, have nothing to work with at the beginning of the year. So uh, I like this pick for them. Do you think that he can – well, I mean, where do, you, do you think it's overrated? Um, I, I do think that that's a spot where he actually is a nice fit. I still don't think it's going to mean much for his fantasy production. He's going to stretch the field and hopefully draw some attention away from DeAndre Hopkins, and that's the key. I mean, DeAndre actually tweeted out on draft night, no more double teams, baby. So, I mean, he's <laughs> excited. Um, because he's a, a stretch, he's a stretch receiver. He's he's a vertical threat. He right. ran like a four three two and, and they, yard dash. And they had Nate like Washington there, and Nate Washington is pretty much done. Well, no, I think Nate got signed by the Patriots. Right, he's, he's, right. Nate's he, on the Patriots. Well, he's gone and old, and they and have, they've still got Cecil. Shorts. They have Cecil Short, who's a slot receiver and a possession receiver. Uh, yeah, I mean, granted, he did some crazy stuff in Jacksonville, but he's kind of getting past his prime as well. So that's the guy who they need. That's that's their like you know uh, their their deep guy, right? Yeah, he's a good fit, like I said, in terms of what, like to compliment DeAndre Hopkins and be something different than what he brings. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think he's as good as Laquan Treadwell or Josh Dotson. And his drop issues no. in college were pretty prominent. I mean, and and a lot of those a lot. deep guys, they, they, they have serious problems with catching the ball because they're concentrating on speed and uh, evasiveness. It's hard to catch the ball when you're running at full I mean, speed. He's too. also not good at anything underneath. I mean, you remember when Cordero Patterson came into the league, all he could really do was catch wide receiver screens and run the nine route, like yeah. the, the deep streak. That's basically what Will Fuller can do. It sucks to draft a guy who, who might have a, a ceiling of Cordero Patterson, who who <laughs> honestly is, is no longer on the you know the team that he was drafted on. He, he's just kind of been I think they're going to have him for one more year, but they didn't pick I, up his... 2017 option. I think Fuller has a chance to be better than that, but I, I don't think he's as good as probably the top five or six receivers in this class. So to go second among them was a real surprise to me. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I said someone was going to trade up to get him uh, or someone would take him too early, but right. I, I think he was overdrafted. So the Redskins took your favorite guy in the draft, Sean, Josh Doxton. Uh, he's taken 22nd overall, so there was a little bit of a wide receiver run here in the draft. Um, now, I think that the Redskins had to take a wide receiver to keep up because there's really big wide receiver names in the division. They've got Odell in the division. Uh, you know, Dallas is in the division. There's going to be uh, a huge need for them to keep up, and this will help with Deshaun Jackson. Kirk Cousins has been playing well. Um, Sean, Doxson is really good this year. Uh, not asking you to tip your hand too much, but are you going to be targeting him in your redraft leagues? For this year... That's a good fit, pro- sounds like. Probably not right away. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't overdraft him in a redraft league. In Dynasty, absolutely. Sure, sure. He's For me, he's the second best player in Dynasty after Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but for his first year, he's going to... To be able to be productive year one, he's got to beat out uh, uh, Pierre Garçon, uh, which I don't know what uh-huh. he's going to do. But both Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon are rookies... At, or not rookies, free agents after this upcoming season. 
and that's when Dotson steps up to the starting starting role. And I think he's a stud from the moment he gets there. Okay, so definitely a pickup in Dynasty right away. Absolutely. So the Laquan Treadwell finishing off this little wide receiver run, picked up by the Vikings at twenty three. Um, they need a guy. They're got a young guy for Teddy Bridgewater. I think he, you know, it'll help. I I think it's another case of it's going to be something that proves to be really helpful in a year or two, not right away. Oh, he's he's going to start right away. Treadwell's going to step in. Him and he, but in terms of like major fantasy impact. Well, he and Stephon Diggs will be one and two in that offense right away. But they're still going to be really run heavy with Adrian Peterson, and I think they I think they're going to start to work in more Jarek McKinnon as well because Peterson's. Oh, his shelf life is limited in his current age. Or, or, um, he, or they'll just run him until the wheels fall. He off. could be an RB one until he's forty-seven years old. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's, no, he's going to be the Tom Brady he's of not running a backs. Cyborg, guys. No, I'm, I'm with you. And, and, and Treadwell, a lot of he people is are, a little. A lot of people are saying Treadwell, though he's not like especially fast, is such a good receiver and has all of those good, uh, you know, natural tendencies and routes that he's able to run. Um, just, just to put this out there, his forty-yard dash time is pretty much right on par with Allen Robinson. That's a fast man. About, it's about a four six. No, it's not fast. It's Alan not. It's Robinson. not especially fast. Allen Robinson is not. The, the point fast. is, it doesn't. But he wins with size. The he point wins is, with technique. it's confusing. These guys are all really fast to me. Well, <laughs> well no, no matter how slow they are, no, they're still no, way no, faster no. than me. No, because four six and four four have a huge difference. Sure. Like one guy who's running well, four I mean, five that's could to never catch the ball. A guy who's running at four five, he could never be caught by a defensive person. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Will Fuller's four three two, Laquan Treadwell's four six three. I mean, that's a huge gap. But like, for example, Antonio Brown is not one of the fastest people on the field, uh, just because he's really good. You know, uh, that that kind of the other things he's really good at it. it it doesn't allow the the speed thing to be the the one. Um, it's it's all about route running and technique. Um, yes. Those kind of guys. If yeah, you're quick absolutely. in a short area and you you know how to run routes and set up DBs, beat a press. I mean, but what you I'm, can get open even if you're you don't have blazing time. But what I'm saying is, you know, um, like Minnesota especially needs these guys because last year they didn't really have a whole lot. You know, they had uh, guys like Mike Wallace that they didn't really use, I'm, and he wasn't usable. I like Charles Johnson. <laughs> I like Charles Johnson. I think he needs to land somewhere else to do what he can do. I don't NFL. think he was used to the way that he should have been used after the example that he he put out there. Yeah, well, he he himself said that he had an issue with a with a cracked rib that bothered him for about six or seven weeks yeah, last year. I hear that. And they didn't use him after he was finally healthy. He had zero catches from the time he said he was healthy. But to okay, the rest of the season. But Treadwell as a as a WR two, let's say he lands there as a WR two in Minnesota, right? Which is probably what he's going to end up being in, to begin the season. He's going to be a guy that you want on your fantasy team. Um, at dynasty, absolutely. I think as far, I mean, he's going to be drafted in redraft on leagues. your fantasy team. Yes, but I don't know that he's. I'm not be... saying starting on the fantasy team. Perfect. Yeah, he'll be on. He'll Ex- be on teams be for on sure. Teams. Exactly. He won't be a starter week one on your fantasy. No, but there's matchups that he might end up getting. You know, 120 yeah. yards and a touchdown. Oh, I mean, yeah. Tell me when the Vikings play the Redskins if they do, and Josh Norman's on Stephon Diggs that you don't want to play the Quantrell. You always want to play the WR two that has a fantastic upside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sterling Shepard. Uh, round two, pick forty. He is a slot receiver for the Giants. Uh, as you say, Sean, the best slot receiver in the draft. Um, that's going to help, I think. You know, let Odell Beckham stay on the outside, uh, where he is most lethal. He is helpful across the middle too, and I'm sure he'll keep doing that. But 
if they get a solid slot receiver in there, that's going to let Odell, you know, put more pressure on the defense. That that <laughs> draft pick made the Giants' offense so much more dangerous. <laughs> They have three receivers in Beckham, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Victor Cruz, who are basically interchangeable. Assuming Victor Cruz becomes a receiver that's playing in football games. Assuming he comes back this year. That's a big assumption. Assuming assuming he comes back and can play this year, all three of those guys are capable of playing outside. All three are capable of playing the slot. They can move them anywhere. You can can interchange them. And the Giants played more three wide receiver sets than any other team in the league last year. And Eli Manning put up more fantasy points in three wide receiver sets than any other QB in the league last year. Sterling Shepard makes their three wide receiver sets a lot better. What's really engaging about the New York Giants, I think, to fantasy football players is that Eli Manning and Odell Beckham and a lot of other people that just happen to be on the Giants end up getting fantasy points because of that offense. And, and, <laughs> and like Eli Manning could be one of the best at any time. Um, and he, he wasn't one of the worst at the same time. No, no, sometimes it, it, it doesn't. Sometimes yes. it works all the time. But like, look at guys 60% like sixty percent of the time. Look at guys like Will Ty, for example, who are, are he's a tight end for the New York Giants, and and he scored tons of points, but no one even knew who he was. If you look at the Giants' tight ends over the past ten years, you've got like these random players that end up being top ten tight ends just because they're on the Giants. Yeah, Larry Donnell. Larry Donnell. Before, right before Will Ty, yeah. Martellus Bennett before that. And uh, and there was another guy who I forget the name of, but... We'll, Bear Pasco. No, but maybe that is one. <laughs> no, the one who ended up um, signing with the Patriots after an injury. I can't yes, remember exactly, name. exactly. I don't remember it either, but that is the one. And he didn't do anything on the Patriots. Right. Um, well, he'd come off a major injury. Right. They just signed him so no one else could have him, I think. So Michael Thomas, uh, picked by the Saints in the second round, picked 47. Uh, the Saints go through tons of wide receivers. I'm sure that this guy will get in and will get some action this year, but I don't really see him being uh, super fantasy relevant. Do you, you know, I th- am I, I missing something? I think he's fantasy relevant right away. He replaces Marcus Colston in their offense. So he's going to, like, probably be a starter? I think in three receiver sets, he's absolutely on the field. In two receiver sets, you're probably looking at Cooks and Sneed still. Um, I think Thomas ends Sneed. up being... A wide receiver four, wide receiver five type. He'll be on fantasy teams, but more of a matchup play than a guy you start every week. Well, that's, you know, what you get with Drew Brees. You get a lot of wide receiving options. He's especially valuable more in PPR leagues, I think, um, than than he will be in standard leagues. All right, Sean, i got to give you credit for getting the three tight ends that you ranked in the correct order. So you had Hunter Henry going first. He went in the second round to the Chargers. You had Austin Hooper going after that. He went in the third round to the Falcons. And later in the third round, Nick Vanek, uh, Vanit went to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so clearly Hunter Henry is the guy out of those three. There weren't a ton of tight end prospects. Give the guy some credit here. Don't poop on it. Cheers to the credit. There were, there were some more, <laughs> more athletic guys who, who could have, who, you know, more you know fantasy relevant guys who went later. Those are the best all-around tight ends that there were in the class, though. Well, I, I think a lot of teams are going to want the tight ends for blocking purposes and things other than just passing, uh, catching passes. Agreed. But but Hunter Henry, is he a guy that starts right away? Well, no, they've got Gates. He was drafted to San Diego, so you tell me. 
Well, gonna, gonna, every single year, Gates I, is a guy that, like, Gates is done, Gates is done. I did predict Gates would have the most catches of that Cooper. How many plantar fasciitis has he <laughs> think? How many plantar fasciitis is going to have? All the plantar fasciitis. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I think Hunter Henry is the heir apparent to Gates now. It should In a couple years. years? In a couple years? Uh, a couple yeah, years. he's got a two-year deal, so I would say... At least one, maybe two years down the road, Hunter Henry takes over. But you draft him in a fantasy league like it's a dynasty because you can't get him otherwise, right? Yeah. Well, I think you take him, yeah, probably third round in a dynasty league. Okay, that's that's big. That's pretty big for a guy who's not going to play that much. Although, if he takes the Ladarius Green role, then that means if if and when Antonio Gates gets injured, he's going to be the guy scoring touchdowns. I mean, in a, in a shallow league, maybe you wait longer uh, to take him. But in a typical dynasty league... Yeah. I would say third round, where you probably have a starting tight end, maybe a backup. You take him as a third guy until he's ready to step in and be the guy in San Diego. That makes sense. So Austin Hooper is going to be the next guy up to try to replace Tony Gonzalez. He's not anything special like Gonzalez, um, but I think he'll get some opportunities. Yeah, I mean, I there's no one else there to take tight end snaps. I mean, you still have Jacob, you still have Jacob Tammy, you still have Levine Toilolo, but neither one of them have ever have really stood out as a fantasy. They have tiny there. contracts. I liked um, Jacob so Tammy, small. but he never did anything. I was I mean, so surprised. I think, I think Tammy's 31 years old, so it's not like he's getting any younger. He's past the prime. Hooper, um, I think he projects to be similar to like a Brent Selleck, who'll be a plus blocker and an okay receiver. Um, but that's kind of better than what they've had in Atlanta since Tony Gonzalez. Left. They just need to get better. Yeah, you know, if they can get better than what they've had, then that's going to help them a lot. Um, in this, in Seattle, uh, they know that they need an, another tight end. They're not sold on Jimmy Graham. I don't think anymore. I'm sure at the very least they have buyer's remorse. Uh, Jimmy Graham won't even be ready for Week One. Um, so I'm not sure that's true. Well, I don't. I know that they haven't said he'll be ready yet. Um, so, you know. This all depends on whether or not Russell Wilson likes throwing him the ball. Well, you I, say buyer's remorse, etc. Like, I mean, I, I think that's a personal vendetta against Jimmy Graham. I, <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard them say anything about that. Like, I certainly don't think that... They, I don't think they would say it publicly. I think the issue with Jimmy Graham is not buyer's remorse or the problems they're having. It's, it's the, the, the problem that he had, the injury that he had. Will he recover from it? That's the problem. That's going to be, yeah. That's a huge issue. He's a, he's an awesome athlete. That's that's not the issue. Honestly, I think this is a not a good landing spot for Nick Vanette. I think this is a spot where he ends up not having any fantasy impact. Um, basically, the head coach there, Pete Carroll, said he, Vanette was the best Y tight end in this draft. The Y tight end is kind of the inline guy, the guy like a Dwayne Allen who's playing on the line of scrimmage, blocking. In the Seattle Occasionally. Offense. So you're not often getting like in, in the in the line of the, the being able to, to receive a pass. Yeah. In the Seattle offense, the Y tight end has had pretty much zero fantasy impact. I mean, I think the guy they had there has been Cooper Helfit. He catches I mean, like one pass every three games. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think the replacement for Jimmy I Graham, honestly don't know who Cooper Helfit is. There you go. If Jimmy Graham is not healthy, I think Luke Wilson is the receiving tight end. Yes, Luke Vaughan. Wilson, yes. Not Vanden. Wilson to Wilson. Vanden is going to be a really nice football player for them, but I don't think he's going to be a good fantasy piece at any point if he stays in Seattle. All right, well, uh, 
Thank you, Sean, for running down the uh, rookies this year. It was great attending the draft with you guys. It's a shame. I don't think it'll be in Chicago anymore, but that means that uh, you guys in other cities will get a chance to have the draft come to you. Well, congratulations. It'll be back here again at some point, just not next year. It will, because we did a really good job of it, I think. Hopefully it'll be better weather whenever it comes back. Yeah. I couldn't imagine a worse weather day at the end of April here, unless... Oh, you absolutely could imagine that. Well, remember we were saying if it was snowing, it would be better. Dude, it could have hailed. It could have hailed. It could have been windier, I guess. <laughs> Come on now. Maybe there was there could have been thunderstorms. In What's great is that we were able to go to the draft, and it was kind of cool, and Scott Hansen was there, and thank God he was wearing pants. Yeah, I suppose he probably gets away with not wearing pants most Sundays, but not this one. So check us out on Stitcher. Check us out on iTunes, Drink 5 Network. Make sure that you guys are listening throughout the season to uh, the Drink 5 Network Fantasy Football Podcast. And thank you very much once more for uh, for Graham for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, Sean for joining us. Always a pleasure. Guys. Thanks, guys. Happy birthday, Graham. And thank Jason, you once again. Uh, we may not have had Dave, enough beers. I, you know, you may be right. But we always have time afterwards, my friend. All right. Cheers. Cheers. And drink five, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>